welcome to Then Comes Marriage. My name, actually, <laughs> welcome to Then Comes Marriage. Uh, <laughs> you know, you say marriage, 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 and usually go tilt up at the end. Marriage, 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 marriage. That's what you I say. Still did it. You marriage. How am I supposed to say it? Marriage, like Mary, Mary, Mary. You say Mary. <laughs> Mary. 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 Mary Christmas. Mary Christmas. <laughs> oh no! Mary. Marriage. Marriage. There you go. That's weird. That's a different A. Marriage. Yes, it is. That's the point. It's a different A. <laughs> Marriage. Is that it? Yours is like E E. Mary. Marriage. Not marriage, like tomorrow, and they are are tomorrow marriage. Not mar- <laughs> I said not like that. I'm trying- Ma- marriage. Marriage. You sound like a goat who's become a human. <laughs> Did I get it right though? I mean, for a goat. <laughs> marriage. Marriage. <laughs> marriage. How do you say it? Marriage. 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 I mean, you don't have to do my voice too. <laughs> Marriage. 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 <laughs> we have a boopers for you. <laughs> Alright, friends, welcome to <laughs> Sorry. Marriage. Welcome I did it. to marriage. Marriage. Okay. Did you say it? I don't know. I was laughing. Marriage. <laughs> Are you yelling at me? Why'd you just start this thing? I tried. And then you died. I need to gather myself. I need a drink. <laughs> you I assumed that your thing had stuff in it. Marriage. You don't have to say it a different way. You can just say whatever you Marriage. say. Marriage. That's it. Marriage. Like a horse. A mare. Marriage. Mm. As <laughs> soon as you did that, you... <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Then Comes Marriage. You are with John Isidore and Nicole soon to be Isidore as we invite you to our journey through premarital counseling. Yeah, cool. So uh, last week we we did personality. I think that's what it was, right? And this week we're coming to you after we had our premarital counseling session that dealt mostly with communication and conflict resolution. That's an important word in there. You can't resolve it until you started it, right? I don't know if that's (laughs) necessary. But um, we had, as is our normal format, we had a big session and a smaller session with just a few other couples. And then this week, we actually did something fun. Um, Not that it wasn't all enjoyable, but we afterwards, we went to a place to eat, uh, Asian street food place, and we just chatted more. So we had sort of a third topic. That was about babies and discipline and and parents. Yeah, yeah, all all wrapped in, up in there. So uh, we'll start you off, I guess, with our, our big session. Did you have any thoughts on it? Unlike last time, there wasn't a like activity, um, but we just had a couple talk to us at, about conflict. So let's give these guys names, right? The people who taught our session. So they are two uh, prominent members that are in our church. Uh, one leads our recovery uh, ministry for those who are struggling, whether it's with depression and anxiety, or maybe overcoming substance abuse. Uh, so she has a really interesting past. 
uh, where she has dealt with a lot of conflict, uh, especially with how that has manifested through her family and some traits that she carries with her. And so now they also carry forth into their relationship. And so having that, just talking about over the last four, six years or so, how they've been able to overcome it. And I thought it was really interesting that one of the first examples they gave was about communication that we believe we're hearing, but is not actually being said. Mm-hmm. And so in this example, it was where she was you know, working really late and she wanted to get home for dinner. She thought that as the woman's role was to have dinner ready um, on the plate for her husband when she got home. But she worked farther from the home than he did and also worked longer hours than she did. So she decides that she wants to make pasta. She's racing home. And so she calls him uh, to ask him if he would buy an onion. So uh, her husband was just sitting there at Barnes & Noble, just having a relaxed time, minding his own business. And so he answers the phone and she says, hey, will you go to the supermarket and pick up an onion? And he says, sure. And so she's like, great. And so she keeps on driving, and then she starts to get into her own head, thinking, oh, this is the woman's role in a relationship. I can't believe I'm making home go by this onion. Oh, I'm an awful wife. Let me tell him, no, he doesn't need to get the onion. I will go pick up the onion. So she calls him back, and she says, no, don't get the onion. Like, I got it. It's fine. And so he's like, okay, sure. And so she goes home she's picking up the onion she goes back and she cooks pasta and then she's seething she's she's mad (laughs) and then she's seething uh she's getting herself all worked up like how dare he not help me go get this onion i work longer than him i commute farther than him it's the least he could have done i have to do everything around here oh my goodness and so he comes home and all he gets met with is attitude because she's so angry that he didn't help with this onion. And so he was shocked because he was like, I thought you just really wanted to make this pasta. I knew you had a really long day and I had been working hard. So I was going to go take you out to dinner at a shopping center that was nearby. And so I just love that story because here we are. And I know this is something that I do in our relationship a lot. I'm thinking... I really want help with something. I want him to do something. And then I feel so awful that I want to ask you for help. I would like you to do it. That then I say, never mind, or I just don't say anything at all. And then I start to get really resentful that you're not doing that thing that I have either not asked for or not doing that thing that I have just told you you do not need to do. So I saw too much of myself in there. But it was really great because it was such a silly example and a fun example. And I'm sure not to them at the time, but hearing it now and being able to recognize how I have, you know, patterns and behaviors that <sighs> mimic that. They had another example. Um, that one seemed, uh, the one you, you shared seemed more like she was having a whole argument with herself inside her head, um, like back and forth in Which a conflict is me thing. all the time. Um, but they, they shared another example um, about her mom her mom visiting and him asking uh, when is she leaving and her thinking in her head that he doesn't want my mom here. What's the deal with that? Conflict, conflict. Why does he want to get rid of my mom? And he, they, they discovered later, he just wanted to know if she was staying so that she could watch the kids while he did something else. Um, and he didn't have any problem with her mom 
Um, and he didn't want him to leave, uh, but uh, his wife did think that that was the case. And so with that, they had talked a bit about like checking the narrative that you have in your head, the things you assume your partner is thinking that may not actually be the case. Um, and I thought that was, uh, I, I wrote a lot of notes just because I like writing notes, whether or not it's a thing I've heard before and thought about. I just like to write them down and put things in my head again. And that was the, I think the only one that I like circled um, or starred. Well, I did both actually, because I think that's a, a thing uh, that we can, we can end up doing sometimes just um, having an argument with each other, assuming we know why the other person is doing something and not taking a second to figure out why or even question our assumptions. Um, and so I thought that was a very good bit from that big section. Um, there are a few more bits, but did you have more that, there were a few more that I like, but there was stuff from you. I think that's a good one. And I mean, I hope you don't mind me saying that, you know, the way that you just phrased that, I didn't even see about how instrumental that was in my previous relationship because that was a huge source of conflict was the creation of your own reality and not checking your narration but then being corrected on your narration and then still deciding that yours was correct and you know completely ignoring the other person's thoughts or intentions or whatever so I can't even you know underscore just how important that is and I think that you and I truly try very hard to make sure that we understand where each other is coming from whenever Eventually. we have a conflict. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, by the end of it, we really get each other. But even on the way through, it's just, okay, well, why do you feel this way? Like, what do you, you know, just really even checking in during that moment, too, just to make sure that we're, you know, mm -hmm. we're doing what we can to find a solution or progress through it. One of the things, this is maybe more of a bigger subsection. There's a lot of smaller points that, that come out of this. Um, but one of the things they talked about was you're going to fight, which should be news to no one. Um, but it's important to learn how to fight fair. And I, one of the things I really liked about that was the idea of making rules. And this is something that Nicole and I have discussed um, and made rules for um, in our arguments or our disagreements or discussions or whatever that have been helpful for us. Well, make success, I guess. You want to talk about any little rules? <laughs> so I think our rule, first and foremost, is the rule of pulling out. If someone has decided that this, you know, conversation... John is a John is a child, and that is why no, he's laughing. No, don't even say I'm a child. You laugh at that more than me. <laughs> I just... I was laughing not because of pulling out, but more because I wonder. I was wondering if our listeners realized that we know about what that sounds like or not. But that's that's what I was thinking. We do, friends. We're aware. That's why it works because it's funny. It's helpful. It's helpful <laughs> in difficult times to talk about pulling out. It's humorous. But anyway, go on. <laughs> so when it's not even necessarily when we're having a disagreement, but you know when we're having a conversation. Emotions start to run high, uh, starting to feel overwhelmed and just feel like right now, you know, you're just not equipped to continue this conversation. Um, you're able to pull out. And so once you pull out, that's it. Uh, the conversation ceases to be. Um, and but that is with the promise that ultimately um, at some point you will need to go back and revisit it. Uh, because we can't just pull out of every single conflict and conversation because then where does that leave us? 
uh, I struggle in that. I forget that whole coming back to it part. And so I pull out, but then I'll never bring it back up again. And sometimes it's things that's really important to John or things that he really wants to talk to me about. And so by me losing that part of it and not bringing it up, it conveys that I don't care. Um, and so that's something that we've talked about with premarital counseling this week, actually, that is one of my growth areas that I plan on working on. Um, another thing that I do that makes pull out a sometimes successful action is that I tend to bring it back up because I feel guilty that I pulled out of it. And so I'll pull out of something and he's just like, okay, fine. And then not even like 30 seconds, a minute later, I'm just like, okay, well, this is why I did whatever, whatever, whatever. And so then John wants to talk about it. But then I'm like, no, I just want to pull out this conversation. I don't like how this is going. And so I can be, it can be very frustrating that I violate our rules and then get frustrated mm-hmm. at the result that happens. There's a slight variant of that sometimes where um, I'll pull out because I know where it's going. And I know you, if we go on just a little bit longer, you're going to like lose it. And so I'll pull out. But since you've not lost it yet, you want to keep going. And then we get to the part where you can't deal with it. And then you're upset when you want to pull out. And then I get upset sometimes because I'm like, I tried to stop this and you wouldn't let me. And now we're going again. So it's we have a rule and we have a plan. But Nicole doesn't respect it. (laughs) No, I mean, we haven't worked out the kinks of it yet. (laughs) Like this. I mean, because we and also it doesn't always fail like that that's just a thing that can happen sometimes but i think um we're managing it or or learning to figure it out and that was actually a thing i liked that they also mentioned they talked about how there were some things like with their rules that they created um like for example just so you have a reference point one of the things that they do or did was a, a phrase when you blank i think blank then i feel blank um, and that lets them sort of frame their thoughts and their feelings, um, in relation to one another in a way that, um, is helpful. Um, and yeah, also, yeah, and also lets them like, even with that phrase sort of cue that they're talking about their feelings or something serious and they need to readjust, like adjust sort of mm-hmm. how they're having that discussion. Um, and so that, that's an example of one of their rules. Um, but what was was encouraging was they talked about that rule or some others and how um one it took years for them to figure out how to navigate conflict really well um so that was that was encouraging to feel like i we have a plan and it's not working 100 percent of the time but it's okay because we're working it out and the, the whole process of being in relationship is endless learning and so that was good to know that like i'm not failing because i haven't figured it out yet um, but also they talked about how some of the rules they had, they no longer use because it was good for establishing their pattern of communication and conflict resolution and all that sort of thing. And now they don't have to follow those rules to still be in that pattern of healthy conflict or discussion or, or argument. And so I like that a bit. I think that... I don't know. And this goes back to pulling out a little bit. And I think it's so it's funny because be I've like never... The, the subtitle is, right? Pull it out. Yeah, learning about pulling out or something. Anyway. Sorry, <laughs> I'll come up with something real clever. Um, 
I think it goes back to my desire to please you. And it's just, I want to make you happy. I want to have these discussions. And so I push myself past my limit, and then you wind up feeling the repercussions of that. Yeah. I'm not saying it's fair, but it's, I have a hard time balancing my love for you and wanting to do right by you, and then also truly taking account in how I'm feeling at that moment in time. And so I think that tends to get off balance, and that's when one of the you know, ways that conflict can come up sometimes. Like seafood is a really great example of that. And, you know, our our conversations when we're going back and forth and I don't know, I feel like that is a that is definitely a tendency. So I think I need to learn to take outs when you give them because usually when you give an out it's because there's something there that you see that, you know is brewing. Yeah. yeah. Um what else are they talking about? They also said this is more just general stuff they said about marriage that I think is good. Um, the idea, well, one thing, um, we didn't give him names, but one thing the husband had talked about was when he was getting ready to marry his wife. Uh, well, I guess he wasn't marrying his wife. He's embarrassing marrying his, his fiance, right? Um, some counselor or something had asked him, um, if he was ready for marriage. And what he meant by that was, was he, ready to or did he want to sacrifice his life and work harder than he ever had before for the benefit of someone else and i i that tends to be how i think about um, marriage so was, i liked hearing that um just the idea that marriage is mutually self-sacrificial and about sacrificing yourself for someone else's betterment what are some other things that they had mentioned that I like? Okay, so Your I'll hills. just sorry. Go. Yeah. Um, the hills that you would die on, and that's something that you know I've heard before and have kept in mind. You know, a lot of things with John. I think to myself, if there's some annoyance, whatever, I think you know, is this really important enough to bring up? And I just evaluate that. And if it's yes, obviously I talk to him. But a lot of times it's also no. And so thinking about, like, what are those things that are really, really um, important to me? Uh, so that way uh, we're both kind of on the same page of what that looks like for each other. And then I I was writing a note, like, okay, ask John what his three hills are. Like, what are the things he feels really strongly about and would be hard to, you know, difficult to budge on? And then I thought... Oh my goodness, but this meaning to please him is such a thing that I have internalized at this point that I need to know what are the hills he would die on so that way I know all of the other things that are flexible so that way I feel okay with pushing more of what I want instead of, you know, making sure that he's happy sometimes at my expense when that's not, you know, he would have been fine with me pushing back on that because he didn't really care that much. Wait, so you're saying that you wanted to know my hills so you could kill me everywhere else? Is that no, it? that's not what I was saying. So he's got to die on these three hills, but everywhere else, I I'll can bulldoze right over I think over that's what you said it. there. I don't know. You know that's not what I meant. I'm, I'm asking. Is that what you meant? No. Anyway, uh, I, I actually had a bit of trouble with the whole hills to die on thing because I feel like... Uh, Everything is connected sometimes. 
um, in such that there are things that go on and I relate them to more serious issues and they don't always need to be connected to to them but I tend to think so so example um like this this is what I, I don't know let me just say I guess um seeing how a person interacts with someone else and then wondering about their underlying character and then wondering if that character reflects values and are those values they teach the children and how would they raise my children or whatever um that is maybe an example of like then now if i see something happen that i don't like i have to wonder and question like is is a discussion about this behavior necessary or is it not or if something comes up on tv or i hear something on a podcast where someone makes some comment about some political thing and then having to wonder like okay so this political thing has these implications and these implications may interact with these values and things like that and so sometimes i can like feel like a lot of things are important um while while maybe someone else doesn't and so that was every time we mentioned the hills in the the counseling session whether the big one or the small one um I was like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of things are important and um, everything that a person does or person says reflects their understanding of reality. And I think your view of reality is kind of a really important hill, right? So I guess that is uh, a thing for me. So lots of hills that cannot be communicated. Got it. Lots of hills, and we'll talk about all of them, and we'll see who has to die. <laughs> this is not posed at all for me, listeners. Oh, well. Uh, um, what else? What else? I want to just, I'm going to just, like, hit up some of the things I wrote down that I like that they said. Um, Recognizing the patterns that shape you is important for conflict. I thought that was a great one. This is a thing we we talked about a bit before, especially like with our families and like the communication patterns we see there um, and which ones we want to emulate or don't. Um, also, it's important to clarify what you're fighting about. Um, like definitely so you're not fighting in your own head about something, but also just so like if you are actually communicating with each other, making sure that it's about the same thing and for the same reason and in the same way because um, we can sometimes fight sort of a little bit at a slant from each other and not realize it. Um, um, making rules, we mentioned. Checking the narrative you're assuming, which is it's helpful to verbalize that and get that confirmed or denied, I guess. Um, one thing I've always thought is really important is... Uh, Trusting that the other person has your best interest in mind, which obviously can be a hard thing and kind of gets into something that um, the wife of our, our talk had mentioned, the idea that um, it was weird because she presented this to women uh, as a your husband will hurt you or let you down and you'll have to choose if you want to hold on to that and trust not trust him or trust him again and risk being hurt. And her advice was to, like, 
as long as there's not some sort of abuse or some sort of like serious thing like being open to trusting again and trusting as if you've never been hurt before um that level of vulnerability and openness um and i thought that bit was good because i think as sort of she said like not being able to have that openness i think will corrupt your relationship over time um but i didn't i don't know i felt it was weird that she presented it only to the women as if dudes can't get hurt i think we can get hurt um and i think i don't know we we've had discussions before about how um men and women hurt each other differently or hurt just people differently um and i don't know about y'all's relationships whether your current ones or your previous ones but i don't know i've had the experience that um when a, a woman hurts me it's 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 a serious and significant thing when she says stuff that I don't think it's fair to say or just needlessly mean and cutting and it doesn't go away after the argument's over. So I think like that that kind of hurt can go both ways and can make, take different forms. Um, another thing they said that I liked was that um, marriage isn't 50-50. It's uh, 100% and 100%. So each person is given 100% regardless of what the other person is giving. I thought that is a solid bit there yeah yeah no i think those are all the bits that i like oh and also um apologizing because hurt happens that was one that the husband um pointed more to the guys um because and this one truthfully i struggle with i think because like sometimes like your feelings get hurt, but I don't even know why. I don't know what I did. I didn't do anything on purpose, but your feelings get hurt. And I'm like, why do I have to deal with your feelings getting hurt over nothing? That's, I don't think that's fair. But I would like to say that I don't think John recognizes that he's a real great apologizer. <laughs> this is not something at all that I've experienced with you. The minute John thinks that my feelings are hurt, where I convey any kind of emotion to him that exhibits anything less than happiness, he immediately inquires about it. And if it's in some part due to him, full part due to him, even if it's not, you know, he he apologizes for it. And it's not just like a, I'm sorry I did that. It was a, well, I can understand how when I do this, how it makes you feel, and I'm really sorry. And sometimes if it needs to, you know, there'll be a, and this is how, like, I'll react better in the future, do whatever in the future. Um, but John is very, very quick to recognize and acknowledge when I feel hurt and see what he can do to help find a resolution for that. Well, I'll tell you what's going on in my head when that happens. Not all the time, but sometimes it's like, I have to be very intentional with that because it does not come naturally um, in all cases, especially if there's any case where like, I really feel like I've been hurt at some point but like no that's a an intentional thing but it is still even though like the outcome may look good i'm glad that the outcome looks good to you but like sometimes internally before that is verbalized i'm just like i don't know man i don't know why i'm responsible for your emotions but i think that's part of the like we're we're now responsible not quite yet but we're we're building towards being responsible for each other and being 
sort of one person and dealing with all our things together. So it makes sense. But man, that oh, no. stuff I is think tough. I like the illusion of. <laughs> oh, well, okay, here we are. If it helps, mostly it's normal and natural. I don't know, but um, actually, what I was gonna what I was gonna get to was the the sort of example that the husband used um, to sort of make it a little more practical or relatable. Um, and truthfully, it did help. Um, he he's a taller man than his wife is. Well, his wife's not a man, so he's a taller person than his wife is. Almost a foot and a half. Did yeah. you see them side by side? Oh, and they were sitting down. I didn't see them. Oh my up. gosh, Terry I was like, "How do kisses happen?" She paid picks her up. Sex ha- oh my gosh! Everyone's the same height when they're on the backs. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, but he, he was saying that like he's a bigger guy than her, and, and there's been times where he just like hit her in the face. I'm gonna. That was that no, was that was rough when I met. Yeah. So like they're in the kitchen doing something. He'll turn around and whop her in the eyeball with his elbow, and obviously he didn't intend to do that. Yet it remains, she is hurt now. And so, whether he intended it or not, she has been hurt. I think, though, like, that that, that was a helpful uh, little metaphor or whatever, but it can sometimes still be tough. It's like, I didn't even hit you with my elbow. I was just in the kitchen and you got hurt. And so, it can be, like, a tough one. Or as John but, would say, well, but you got in my way. Why do I have to apologize? When did I say that's never been a thing? Don't, don't try to be fun over here. I feel like... That. I don't recall. Anyway, that was just the, our, our big session. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? What's next? Our actual homework. Yeah, yeah this one's gonna be tough because we actually had a lot of homework. So since we actually spent a lot, of, we keep doing this. We spent a lot of time talking, guys. Hope you're here still. Um, since we did sort of a, a big one, maybe go through this a little quicker. You want to handle this? So as we first mentioned, uh, we were talking about communication to begin with in our small session and with our homework. And so we first started with assertiveness. So as we all know, assertiveness is the ability to express our feelings and ask for what you want in the relationship. So John, how do you see assertiveness playing out in our relationship? I think um, between the two, the active listening and assertiveness, I think we do active listening pretty well. I'm... I don't really think there's too much to chat about here, although you might, I don't know. Um, but I think assertiveness is probably our, our toughest bit. We've talked before about how we sometimes blindly try to please each other. It was funny to me because when we were in our, our small group, we, this came up again. And and our, our mentor, Gal, she was like, tell me what you mean by that. And I could only imagine in my head. Because, like, we've said that the last times we've been there or whatever, that, like, they're, they just don't know what it means, and they think we're just bullshitting them or something. Yeah, no, I thought <laughs> that, too, because even in the example you gave, I wanted to, like, compound on it more, so they really got, because it's like, we're back to the seafood example, guys. You were trying to please me by making sure that we did something that I clearly wanted to do and that we had agreed on. At the same time, I am trying to please you because I think that you slash your mother would rather go home. So we're both pushing to advocate for each other in ways that the other person is. So it's just silly. So we do that dumb thing a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, the assertiveness, I think, is the thing that we don't. And like while we are doing that, we're each feeling a bit like, 
I'm trying real hard to please you, but there's something I'm missing. Yeah. Um, not so much for me in that seafood example that we are overusing, but like because that one wasn't honest, I didn't really feel like it was about me. But in other times, there's times it's like I'm trying to do a thing for you and not do a thing that I want, so I can I can miss a thing. And so being assertive, like knowing when to be assertive and say like, well, in this case, love you, want to do stuff for you, but in this case, I want to do this thing, and so. Like, and I think that would really go a long way with us because it wouldn't be so much like, I want to do this thing and you're going to lose what you want. Because I think most of the times we're both actually okay with like adjusting. So we'd just be like, I want to do this thing. And so now we're both able to just do this thing and not like make it, um, make it difficult. Um, and I know that's tough for me because I really, really hate making people do things they don't like. I don't feel like, like I don't like bending people to my will because I can do that and I can do it fairly well if I choose to, but I don't like it. Um, and so I'm, I get very like weird about making people do what I want. If it's something that they don't want to do, if they're people that I'm like close to. Um, uh, it's so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> when I do. Yeah. Because in love and relationships, there's things that we don't necessarily want to but we care about our partner. We want to make our ha- partner happy. Making you happy makes me happy. Yeah, and I get that for me when I do it. But I like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. It's like I'm I'm good with like sacrificing me for your betterment. That makes sense to me. But I don't <laughs> believe you feel the same way. I don't. I do. I don't know. It's just tough for me. So it's like she. I don't want to make her do something. I'm okay with like me not get what I want. But me and I'm trying so hard yeah. to make sure that he gets what he wants. And then he pushes back on it. And I'm like, you want to go see you know, this movie? Did. Why won't you let me see this movie with you? You know what we did? Was it just the other night? We were driving back um, from when we when we came off and we went down to the gods. We were coming back up. We were fighting like idiots over the heat in the car. Because, <laughs> like, I was hot. I was, like, on fire. And she, <laughs> I don't know why she was cold. But, like, I didn't realize she had wanted, like, the heat on real hot. And so, when I turned into cold, I was like, I'm going to make it cold just so I'm not as hot. And then, then she had wanted it cold, so she put it back on on hot. And then I was like, okay. And then, then she realized in that moment that I had wanted it cold. And I hadn't just done that on accident or whatever. So, she tried to make it cold, but I'm trying to make it hot. She tried to make it cold. I'm trying to make it hot. And we're dumb. That's stupid. <laughs> That's a stupid thing. Granted, like, I think it's fine. It's not like we got upset over it or anything, but it was definitely a dumb thing to do. But, like, that is, I think, a. I'm going to use that, the heater, instead of the seafood thing. It's easy, it's simple, it's clear, and it doesn't take that long to explain. Um, so, that's the thing. But I think assertiveness is a thing we, we, we struggle with sometimes because we don't like inconveniencing each other. Um, but we do. Like, the way I see it, I think we do good at it in, like, spurts or, like, it'll build up, I guess. Uh, our mutual pleasing or whatever, we'll do that, like, for a while and we'll be good. And then we'll sort of, like, a little bit of, like, I guess what you were talking about earlier, some resentment or whatever. I know you resented me no, or whatever. I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm okay. messing. Um, but they'll, like, the little feelings, like, we're not getting enough of what we want for ourselves will build up. And then we'll ha- have, like, a talk. Or, or whatever. 
and we'll talk about like we need to communicate this thing better and then we'll do that for a little bit and then I'll just go back to the pleasing and we have little cycles of that so assertiveness is a thing we're yeah. real uneven on um, active listening however we are real solid I think we're pretty good although it's funny because I said this when we were in our little group and I was like are we good at active listening if we're not able to draw out the thing that a person really wants? But That's I think, different. yeah, I, I did come kind of to that my, myself. It's like, it is a different sort of situation or different sort of use. Like when we have any sort of issue and we're talking, like when we're, we're, when we're set to talk about a thing, we talk really well. But mm-hmm. I think when we miss our assertiveness is like, times we're not thinking about talking or like whatever. Like if in any of those moments we'd be like, let's talk about this for a second. We'd figure that out. We'd get it to a good answer on it. But we're just like, no, let's just please each other and keep moving and we don't stop to slow down. I don't know. Cause I try and say, John, I am really okay with doing this thing. I don't believe you. There we go. <laughs> but I don't think that's a serious talk. Oh I think you're just God. saying stuff to be nice to me. No, I'm just- it's not. I don't know. I, I say that because I love you and I want to do that thing it. with you. No, you're just trying to be nice. Oh, let me take a sip of my wine. <laughs> no, this is the same well, kind of. You know how you like you try to tell me I'm attractive or whatever. He is, guys. Whatever. He is no, whatever. So nonsense. But and I've told you before that like like people give me compliments and stuff. He and, hears that a lot, guys. But I. I don't believe, I'm starting to think that it's not like complete bullshit, but I do think like absolutely for a lot of my life, I really was so firmly against it because I just took, this is, people are just being nice. They don't mean what they say because humans don't mean what they say and I hate that about them, but they're just saying nice stuff because that's what you do. It's the, the social routine. It's how you get through. And I think there's some of that in like, you're just trying to, you're just trying to be nice. No, that's not what you really want or whatever. Do you like, trust me? All right, Aladdin. Next page. No, no. Do you trust me? <laughs> mm, how about this? It's fine. Um, I know there are enough times when you do a thing for me and you really wanted something else, as we're talking about, that I feel like maybe in this instance, it's one of those things where, like, she's willing to do this for me, but she really wants something else, so let me do the thing she really wants. I trust that you want to please me or help me or take care of me. I trust that. I, I believe it. No, I was but I also think about you want telling you else. that you're handsome. Oh, whatever. Oh, I think you're biased. I, oh. You, you like, don't know how many women oh my gosh. fight over for you. Okay. Um, so the next thing we did as part of our homework. Wait, did anyone else have anything like more interesting about that? No. No. Um, we... We kind of want to share some stuff from our, our small group, but we absolutely don't want to like betray anyone's privacy. And we know that you don't know their names or who they are, but I don't want to disparage or besmirch the character of anyone, um, even, even incidentally. That's all I was going to say. Can we be that? I was just acknowledging. Okay. Okay. Um, so then there was a, an activity in our homework about making a wish list. And all that was was really things we want more of or less of. Um, do you want to look at this like real quickly? Okay. Okay. So uh, I think you didn't have anything on your wishes. Because well, I our added, relationship is perfect. I tried really hard and I finally found something to add on there. 
because I was also thinking of like what have we not already talked about and so the only thing I had was just the general level of cleanliness because I tend to I used to have things a lot more organized and clean than I am now but now some some, some stuff is scattered but after our weekends together I feel like a, a hurricane has hit my house um why there's dishes in the sink and I'm like we put everything in the dishwasher why does it do challenge just put dishes in the dishwasher after he uses them. So after trying for a solid like couple of hours, that's the only thing that I could come up with. I, I feel like I need to defend myself. So our weekends are messy because I don't live with Nicole. I live in my house. And so we always spend the weekends at her house. And so I, I kind of move in for a weekend. And I've never really discussed where my things need to go. And so... We spend a lot of time in the living room. My stuff goes in the living room. And so that, that can be a thing. Um, but that's, that's why. But it's weird dresses. I put all my stuff away now. It's good. I mean, it's um, even like the then, table stuff is all, gets all the tables. And you know what's on the table right now? All your shit. Your, uh, okay, no, tell me, tell me what's not my shit that we're not using for podcasting. Okay, so we have the Yeti. That's right there. That's it. That's one. That's the it. The Nerf guns. That Those you are have yours. Purchased. They live you in your house. Them. You shoot me with them most. The gift that you brought me is on the table. Oh yeah, I was waiting for this. I did set you up. That whole thing is all gifts for you. <laughs> so you can complain about being here, but if it's mine, I'll take it back. You know what? I will take it. No. Back. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, what's what else? Uh, the Not stuff right now. Stuff, okay, but you can admit stuff does tend to accumulate. Right, I said it. Yeah, I said okay. there's stuff, and then I also said we, like you talked about we cleaned it up. It's good now. And the sink thing. I it up. Did you pack up all my stuff last night when I left? No, that's your stuff. Right, I cleaned it up. I'm saying when it comes like the surfaces and table, I cleaned up. And when it comes to the dishes and stuff, we just have different ways we do dishes. I don't, well, I didn't use a dishwasher ever until I met Nicole. So using the dishwasher is not really the way I do things. Normally I put stuff in the sink and I wash them. Or if I don't wash them, then I'll put them in the dishwasher now that that's become like a a thing I can use. Um, so that's sort of, so when my, when I, we do stuff, I clean up. I mostly just put stuff in the in the sink. But she told me about it. Now I won't do it again. But one of the things that I mentioned to John, as it goes back to earlier, where we're saying, you know, you have those things, but you care more about your partner than those things, so you just decide they're not worth bringing it up. Like, I literally would not have said anything about those, except for there was this exercise. And I saw John writing stuff, so I was like, shit, I got to write stuff too. That's the only thing I could come up with. Yeah, and you didn't tell me about any of that stuff, so I didn't know before now, but now I know it's done. Okay? I know, but I was just saying, I didn't Forgive me! Oh my gosh. Okay, uh, but I wrote some stuff, and now I feel bad, but I don't really, so... Um, <laughs> but I don't really. <laughs> and, but there was a thing that was interesting, because this, this in our small group, we all did this activity, and there was a discussion, um, first among all the women in the group, where... They talked about how hearing about anything, like any expectation or anything that they, that their man might, might want more of sends them into sort of like a self-loathing, I can never do anything right spiral. And, and like that, I thought 
Nicole kind of like had like a lock on that, or at least like <laughs> she was one of a large popula- population of women where this happened. But like, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be everyone in the room. Well, actually, there was one person it wasn't, but uh, I'm not going to say anything about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was it was 75 percent of the women in the room, um, and like, see, I am I'm very aware of like. A lot of your other areas of insecurity, I didn't like. Like when it, whether it's like beauty or ability or whatever, like there there is an insecurity that like I'm aware of, but I don't think I fully appreciated the sort of insecurity yourself loathing that comes with just like the base expression of expectation or change or difference or wanting something more it's not bad um, it's because i feel like i'm disappointing you well i mean that's what i'm saying self-loathing comes in yeah but it comes in because you feel like you're disappointing me when something is brought up that i want more of or that could be better it's or like that i'm that not doing that for you right. and i'm being a poor fiance wife whatever you know it's, yeah but like it's triggered yeah. by basically anything it seems like i mean that's is that what... That's how it's seen. That's what they were saying. That's no, what you it's, were... I, I totally get it. I mean, there's lots of times where I'm telling you, like, I'm so sorry I'm reacting like this because I just feel tears coming. I literally was stealing myself for this conversation because I was like, I know I'm going to feel tears coming. Okay. It's all stuff that we've talked about and it's all stuff that I'm fully aware of. But it's one of those two that it's like that you had to write that and those... Ooh, here we go. And there are things that we've talked about before. So it's just like, I feel like I'm... Still a family you at them, so that's that's hard. But I definitely rather know how you feel, and then you know rather than how you don't. So I get how my emotions can sometimes make you feel like, God, I can't bring this up because Nicole's gonna feel some kind of way, and then it's just continue with your needs not being met. You're getting a little ahead of me, I think. But Sorry. that was um like so when we were having this discussion in our small group, like that I saw was more prevalent than I had I had realized. Um, but then it was nice right after that. I think all the guys of the, the girls who had spoken about this then talked about how when they do want things or when they expect things, it's not a statement of failure. Um, it's not a statement that like their, their women have failed them or, or something like that, or that the men are disappointed in them or, or whatever. And, at this point, it was funny because Nicole and I did not speak in this. It's just I was aware that that's how she felt, and I was aware that's how I feel. And we talked about this afterwards, but we did see, like, the other couples talk about this there. And so it was – that was a thing that we talked about, and I wanted to, in this moment, before I talk about my wish list, I wanted to remind you that, like, anything I want more of in my wish list or whatever – it's not because you're a failure. It's not because you can't do anything right. It's not because you're a terrible person. I know you don't believe me. Oh, but they're here. I have the to kids say are it. here. I, to, I need to tell you. I need to prep you. Um, but that does bring us to the first one, um, <laughs> which you kind of previewed. Um, being able to, like, I would like more ability to, like, emote. And say how I feel about things without it being taken sort of catastrophically. Um, or like 
I've shared an emotion and now I've broken you. And that means I can't share emotions anymore. Um, that, that's a, a thing. Yeah. You know what? That's a whole path I'm not even going to go no, down. It was, I was just, for whatever reason, I was thinking of toxic masculinity because that's normally the, the, um, context where we hear a lot of talk about like, men can't feel like they can't talk because other men tell them like that's not manly or whatever. And I mean, that's, that's the thing. Um, but I think there's also an aspect like, our emotions are powerful and they hurt people. And so, like, in this, in this specific situation, it's like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm incapable of emoting because it's not manly or like I'm not allowed, but just because when I do, it hurts the woman I love. And so I got to stop or whatever. So that was just a thing, but I wasn't trying to talk about that. Um, another thing I want more of is fun. I just like, I want more fun. I want like trips, places, going places or just being outside, being in the water, uh, hanging out with friends, doing fun stuff, playing games. And that's, it's not because there's a deficit. This is again for you to call. Not because there's a deficit. I just like fun and I want more fun. That's okay, right? Okay, cool. Um, the next one. Uh, is- <laughs> how do you guys know I literally just ran through my head like the last year of our weekends <laughs> to see what we have been doing Thinking like, do I give him enough fun here? Well, we had this weekend. Well, where could we have? <laughs> That's how my mind works. But got it. More fun. Yeah. Um, and then more, more discussion on what I wrote here as difficult topics, challenging topics. I like to discuss things. But as we mentioned, I think we mentioned last episode, my, I can switch into a, a difficult discussion mode. Um, and so we've sort of adjusted to that in some ways in that, like, I limit how much we have sort of these sorts of talks or um, there's rules in place. But also, as we discussed, there's things like um, not talking about things does leave me feeling like I want to talk about things more. Or we have the method of pulling out when things are too tough. But if we don't come back to them, I feel like we, we're not discussing things or whatever. So, um and it's not even like, in, in case you're wondering, not um, stuff about us really all yeah. the time, but just like ideas and concepts and society and like beliefs and values. And we had about artificial intelligence and our robots humans. <laughs> I mean, that too. That's literally one that I had to pull out of you guys. I mean, those are fun ones too. Well, see, I thought that was a fun one. But well, here's uh, the thing, you guys. <laughs> A lot of them are fun. Like John said, they're not about serious topics. But I hate saying this because I know how it makes him feel. But John is also really intelligent. Like quite literally one of the most intelligent people that I've ever met. It's like when we're talking about stuff and like he, you know, he's either knowledgeable or just whatever. It feels like he runs circles around me and, you know, he's so knowledgeable. He's making great points. And I get overwhelmed and I feel incompetent. And I was like, I have to pull out because, like, I can't even, I can't even hold my own and I just feel foolish in this conversation. But that just means I don't bring it back up. And so then John feels like, hey, he can't talk about discussions in general because of how I will feel, you know, those feelings of incompetence and that kind of thing. But, but also that leaves him feeling kind of like the stuff that he cares about wants to talk about. I don't want to. So. 
And another way it makes me sad, not to pile on. There's a compliment here, don't worry about it. Um, is because I like Nicole, and I love Nicole, and one of the really big reasons I love her is I love her brain. I think she's got a wonderful, beautiful brain, and I think she's got all these thoughts, and I want to, like, <laughs> I was going to say I want to rip them apart, but, like, <laughs> oh, I wanna, no! like, I just want to, like, dive in and, like, put my thoughts against hers and be challenged and be questioned and, like, work stuff out and, and find stuff out and maybe come away with some new thoughts or new questions for myself or whatever. And so it's, like, there's a there's a treasure in this box, but she doesn't want to open it. And, like, she won't let me have it. She won't let me get her brain. <laughs> and so it can be frustrating because I'm, like... I just want to. I just want to know what you think. I just want to like. I want to hear what you say. Um, Meanwhile, I'm bracing myself because I feel stupid. <laughs> no, but we're working, not, we're actively working through that. Um, part of the reason I don't like this. I mean, there is that bit about the compliments that we came up with uh, or came across a second ago, or however long ago that was. But also, um, I don't like when she calls me intelligent or that intelligent um, because I. I feel like it comes with the comparison and it suggests that she's not or something. And I do not agree with that. I categorically disagree. I also highly disagree. I just, I just, so here's the thing. I don't think you think you're stupid, but when you say stuff like that, it makes me like, I feel a thing. And I'm like, don't say it like that. I just feel like compared to you. (laughs) So like I'm used to being one of, this sounds so awful. I'm so confused, but I'm used to being one of the smartest people in the room. Like I've always had, just that that has been my thing and that's what I've been known for even, you know, in college. Like that is what I was known for. And so now I'm in a relationship with you and I feel so unmatched from the way that you speak and just how, you know, knowledgeable you are and just oh, you, the way you just get things. And so it's weird. I, I've never, I've maybe been like on par with people that I've dated. Usually I've been above people I've dated. I've never felt so outmatched by someone that I've dated. So, I know that I'm not, like, stupid or dumb or whatever. It's just talking to John over here, I get very overwhelmed. But I think part of it's also just I haven't had someone who's ever really challenged me. And so I have to get used to what challenging looks like. Do you remember when we started dating? And there was a bit, like, there's, I, I don't remember exactly when this happened. But at some point, after a few times of you commenting on my toes, you're telling me you I like how smart this conversation. Right? I told you you were going to hate this you at did. some point. Yeah. And we there. <laughs> but hopefully we get past it. We're going to get past it. Okay. Um, and the, I had one more on here. The, the list, the wish list only had three things, but I wrote four um, because it was something that someone else said in our group. And I was like, I hadn't written it because I didn't think I was allowed to. But then the way they said it, I thought it was a fairer or nicer way to put it. And so I, I added it back. Um, and it was just more positivity. Um, because we've also talked about how, um, we share each other's stress. And so like, if things can be, it, it's hard to say, and this is why I didn't write it first. It's hard to say like things to be less stressful or whatever, but for us to be better at sort of managing our stress and like not letting every little thing become a huge thing and being able to be more positive at times because our moods affect each other and things like that. Um, so this was sort of our wish list. Or my wish list, 
or ours because you did yours before me or whatever. And I think, I don't know if we've done recommendations, but maybe we'll start doing that. Um, I really like this activity. Um, like it prompted a lot of conversation between us when we talked about it. Um, so if you're with your person, I'll just read the instructions right here. Make a wish list of three things you would like more or less of in your relationship. Yeah. So that was, that's one, <laughs> that's one I recommend. The one Very activity detailed I recommend. The instructions, guys. I mean, that's what it says. Okay. All right. You want to hit this one? Okay, so another activity that's in here is the daily dialogue and daily compliments. And it's really just a check-in for you all to have as a couple at the end of the day, on the morning, whatever, really whatever works for you guys to, you know, just even spend five minutes talking about your relationship. Um, I think it's so easy to be like, how was work today? You know, did you, did you pick up the kids? Did you whatever? But you're not really making sure that you're in tune with each other. And so it's just really three uh, simple questions uh, to focus on your feelings about each other and your lives together. So the first question is, what did you enjoy most about our relationship today? That must be answered. Oh, I'm asking. We're asking. I'm gonna, what? Yeah, okay, this okay. Is a, this is a surprise, but I'm asking you okay, these questions. What I like most about our relationship today. So um, today, when I was at work, um, and I was feeling super shitty about some stuff that happened this morning. Uh, I liked that I could call you and we could talk about it and, and that was it. And we like, we talked about it and I went back to work and I was better having had the opportunity to talk about it with you. John, what most dissatisfied you about our relationship today? Hmm. So you said most dissatisfied me. So I have to pick something. Okay. Well, what what dissatisfied you? Doesn't have to be this. Um, I don't think anything dissatisfied. Well, you know what? How about this? This will be a good one. Why are you smiling at me? <laughs> because when I came over here. Um, oh no. <laughs> okay. This is fair. See, this is why it's funny though. Um, Someone, I don't know who it was. It wasn't John, though. Someone was watching The Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's so good. Oh my god, it's terrible. It's terrible. (laughs) And like, it's it's like watching a train wreck. It's like, yes, it's like watching a car accident, except when I'm in the road, I don't watch car accidents. I keep driving because you're slowing down traffic. And in this case, I stare. Oh my gosh, I, oh, the show is so dumb. And then these, what was it, was it you or someone on the thing complaining about being shady? And I'm like, of course they're shady, they're all shady, that's the point of this show. I don't know, this is like one of those shows that like Nicole likes to watch where people are bad. And like she watches it so she can see people be bad humans. And I'm like, I don't get, I don't get it. So entertaining. Why are you like watching some for people Destroy their own lives. Anyway. They're making big from that show, though. I thought I'm Atlanta sure they're making money. $2 million a season. Good the job for her. The lowest is 800000 And she can shove it all in her boobs. Are you going to make me a real... <laughs> well, then, John. <laughs> so what about that? Discuss my Oh, your choices Besides and your values. <laughs> my values? You value this show. I don't value You're entertained it. by self-destruction. 
uh, I, I just enjoy watching people's downfalls. Uh, yeah, that was like 80% a joke. Anyway, here's the third question for me. How can I be helpful to you today? Turn off the Real Housewives of Atlanta and never watch the game. Oh, well, how no, else no, can I no, be helpful don't do to that. you today? Um, a massage. I love mas- you give me a massage. I already told you I was going to give you a massage. Okay. I'm just saying, like, that would be helpful, and I know I'm going to get one, and this that's great. This is going to be your answer every single night when I ask this I question. mean, I'm, okay, so I don't know if these folks know, I don't know how they would, I'm really bad at accepting help for a variety the of reasons. It's awful. Um, I've never met anyone worse. I'm going to claim that it's because I grew up with my mom, and she was really self-sufficient, and that was the pattern that I sort of glommed on to, glommed on to, and, and I don't know, I... Usually I'm capable of taking care of myself, and I don't need help. And when I do need help, I ask for it. But usually when people are asking me, what do you mean? You barely ask. Okay, so I here's a perfect I barely need time. help. Here's a perfect time, you guys. Ugh. He was sick. John was sick. He and I live about 20, 25 minutes away from each other. And so I asked him, John, do you want me to go and bring him anything? And he knows I would move heaven and earth for him. The Not minute- possible. <laughs> The minute he would have said yes, even the tiniest thing, I would have just gone to get it. No questions asked. I would have been so happy to have made him comfortable during that time or made him feel better. So he tells me no. I go, John, are you sure? Like, I'm fine with coming over. Like, I, I want you to be better. What can I do? He goes, no, I'm fine. I find out, and like 30 minutes later, this guy had went to Walmart to go to the grocery store to go pick up soup or something. I was like, John, I asked you. I wanted to help you. And it's he probably orange juice because I like orange juice. But here's two things about that. One, we talked about this earlier. I don't like to inconvenience people. You were going to drive 20 minutes to come get because me some juice? I love you. Yeah, sure, but you shouldn't. No, it's unnecessary. I'll be fine. See, I did it, right? I, I was able, I wasn't so sick I couldn't go to Walmart. I was, I was healthy enough for that and I did it. It you was okay. You know what you told me when I was just like, John, why did you go to Walmart? I said I would do it. And you're just like, oh, what did you say to me? This is part two. This is, this is what I was coming oh, to next. The second part was, when you were asking me, I didn't think about it. Like, I didn't think I needed orange juice. It was, it's not like, I was like, oh, I need orange juice, but I'm not gonna tell her. It was, I wasn't thinking about needing orange juice. And then after you you hung up or whatever, time passed. I was like, oh, I would like orange juice. And so I went and got some. Why didn't you call me back and just be like, hey, babe, I would really love some orange juice. And then we go back to the first one where you didn't need to drive 20 minutes to get me some orange juice. I was capable of it. But (sighs) all that to say, I'm really bad at accepting help. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, when I don't have a good answer for you, I'm going to say massages because I always accept massages even if I won't accept help. You're so spoiled because of me. And I'm happy to give them to you. I just, oh, John is all of this massage. You know, the more you talk about how spoiled I am because of these massages, the more I'm going to feel like you don't want to give them to me. I'm, I'm sorry. not asking. <laughs> I'm joking, but um, I can understand why you might feel that way. So, so in your turn. Oh, I'm doing that now. Of course now. What did you most uh, enjoy about our relationship today? I'm enjoying this time here with you. Okay. Um, You guys can't <laughs> see us, but the way that we are sitting right now is very close. My legs are in John's lap. Sometimes he gives me feet squeezes or a quick rub. Um, and I just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> a quick foot rub.
from. And so it's, you know, just feeling that intimacy as we're doing this, just in small ways. So I just feel very connected with you. And also the ways that you've said hello to me when you've called today and talked on the phone or when you came in, I've just sounded very enthusiastic and very happy to talk with me or see me. So that made me feel very good. Okay, what did you not enjoy? Um, I don't think I, I don't think I was dissatisfied today at all. Cool. How can I help you? Other than giving you shoulders and a neck to massage. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, guess there's no way. All right, I, next. <laughs> that's not how that works. I know. I think you're just real solid with helping with stress management. And... I think just with job right now and how that's going, I appreciate you as a sounding board since my office best friend as of two days ago no longer works with us. She's still alive. She just has a new job. Yes, because she was bullied out of her current one. Anyway, um, this was a, an interesting bit because I I've liked before the idea of well, I, I think it's good to talk about your relationship and the health of your relationship regularly, but um, I don't think of it, like, I think of it in sort of two terms. One, just sort of like the incidental sort of it comes up naturally sort of thing, and I think we do that, like, we talk about our relationship and how we relate to each other frequently, um, like, and we don't have to, like, make it happen, but then also add, as a, like, sort of periodical thing so like having like a real serious like we're gonna have a a weekend somewhere and just like get into us and figure us out that's sort of been my thought for um things to happen in the future um so a sort of a regular organic thing and then a very intentional quarterly annual or annual thing um but this is a nice little sort of intentional and regular or intentional and frequent thing, if it's like an end of day thing. I think it's yeah. cool. I like it. I like it and that, you know, by me implicitly asking. Explicitly. By me explicitly I'm sorry. Asking, I'm sorry. This is what happens when you do linguists, guys. They're listening to you. When you're marrying a linguist. They're listening to you. I don't want them to think you don't know what words are. No. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you for always trying to make me be my best self. Okay, so. Sorry, <laughs> right, Carl. So, John is, as we've mentioned, terrible at being able to tell me what he wants. And so, when I'm asking what dissatisfied you about a relationship today, I feel like it gives you the open door and permission, saying permission and quotations, for you to tell me what's really on your heart if something displeased you or upset you. I think I think that's real smart of you, but now you shouldn't have said that out loud because now I'm going to realize that you're trying to answer the help question with a dissatisfied question. But no, yeah, I think you had asked me this yesterday, and I think I had a a dissatisfied thing, right? Did I have one? It was a it was a small, but you did have one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, think you'll get would... a better answer from that one than the help one. Yeah, it related back to something that had to do with your wish list. Okay. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was connected. Yeah. All right, so where do you want to do this bit? Uh, 
just so really quickly, we're going to give you 10 communication skills to increase your intimacy. So, <laughs> Say it dramatically like that. <laughs> Go! Give full attention to your partner when talking. Number two, focus on the good qualities in each other and praise each other often. Number three. Be assertive. Number four. Avoid criticism. I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, saying it like I was saying. You keep going, though. Oh, I was having fun with that. Okay. Number five. No, you don't have to do it. You don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> oh, God, you guys. We're doing it again. Number five. Ah! Number five. Oh, God. If you must criticize, balance it with at least one positive comment. We don't do Number six. Oh, my gosh. Listen to understand, you not to judge. Quick. Number seven. Use active listening. Number eight. Avoid blaming each other and work together for a solution. Number nine. Use the 10 steps approach. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine, ten. Place is fire. <laughs> ten. See counseling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, all right, then. Then we had a personal stress profile. I think we can do this Wait, one Wait, I want to know what was your favorite Bible verse about communication. Um, there were two that I liked because Proverbs is dope. One was Proverbs 17, Oh, yes. These, these, this workbook has like Bible verses at the end of like all the little mini sections. Proverbs 17, A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even tempered. And Proverbs 12, 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Yes, I liked, I liked that. The words of the wise bring healing. I think there's a bit, what is it? In, I think it's First Peter. There's a verse that I like. Um, something about um, if you would have long, day, or many days, or long lives, or whatever, um, as long as, it, as much as it is with you, seek peace and pursue it. I like the idea of um, intentionally working towards healing and reconciliation and peace. Um, and I think that comes out a lot in our communication, um, and especially how we deal with conflict. And so this is like right along with that for me. Um, words of the wise bring healing. You should be seeking to heal. I think that's solid. Uh, but yes, yeah, so a personal stress profile. This was just sort of write your stresses down and put them in one of four categories. Um, and this was a grid. So two columns. One column was what you're able to change and what's difficult to change. And then what's a high priority and what's a low priority worthy rows that run across it so you end up with um four boxes the highest priority that's most able to change highest priority that's hard to change lowest priority that's uh, easiest to change and lowest priority that's most difficult to change and we just sort of put our stresses in there i didn't really get much from this activity i think some of the other couples did i didn't i also didn't but um i did put i did i did do the activity it was just like my the stresses for me were time, money, and the future, um, and that time was more um, like having a balance of personal time and friend time and relationship time, um, and and uh, what did I put time and money? I put on as low priorities but easy to change because like these are things that we already like talk about and working on, so they're things that are changing in the future is the highest priority, but also the easiest to change because my future worries were um, some of the sort of job and career and opportunity stuff we have coming up, and we have a lot of control over that at this point, or it seems that way anyway. I but, think for couples, the other couples in our group found insight 
was realizing that some of the things that they were higher priority that they thought they could not change, they realized that they were, in fact, able to change. So that really made the difference for them, realizing, oh, I can work through this thing and, like, actively try and, you know, pull it in a way that I desire. Then there was another page that was balancing your priorities, which just sort of listed out a whole bunch of things, like work things, personal things, marriage things, home things, family things, things like your time at your job, your commuting time, your exercise, your cleaning, cooking, your personal time together, and your number of meals together, things like that, things you would do in a day sort of thing, and you were supposed to write down um, how much time you spend, how much time you would like to spend, and how you can move towards your goal. I... I didn't really do this activity sort of fully, but I did go down their list and sort of circled all the things that I want more time for or significantly less time for. So um, for me, I circled bringing work home. I want less time doing that, um, but I want more time for reading and friends and sleep <laughs> and discussions. Yes, that was a marriage one. Mm-hmm. I did. So I don't know. I think it's just a, a nice, easy way to sort of so it complements the wish list in that, like, the wish list, we came up with stuff for ourselves, and this one was just sort of, here's a bunch of shit. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, or how much time do you want with it? And I thought it was, it was good. Um, want to do this one? Um, or do you want to skip it? And we haven't talked about wedding stress yet. Well, it's not that like I haven't talked about it, but we haven't talked about it in the context of this. But, mm-hmm. yeah, why don't, why don't we go through it? All right, so the, there's a wedding stress uh, page, and it had five things to do for stress that you might find helpful. I like two of them, so um, I'll, I'll hit those up when we go through them. But here's all of them. Number one, consider the big picture as it affects each decision. Um, and then number two, ask yourself who cares more about the issue. We had that talk before you even started planning the wedding, uh-huh. figuring out what each other's top three priorities were. Mm-hmm. What I did think was interesting about this one, though, is there are some things, like, in looking at this now that we've begun it, yeah. like, I wrote here partners and parents, because there's some things you're more, like, you care more about, and there's some things that I think we have to deal with because of where family fits in. And it's not that, like... Either was particularly cares about it, but now it's an issue, or like this yeah. is a thing that has to be addressed because a parent cares about it, and so that was an interesting one um, and something um, worth worth considering. Maybe you guys are getting married, um, know each other, but also know what your parents are going to do. Yes. Um, number three, periodically assess your wedding planning stress and feelings of co- competency. Um, number four, teach and learn from one another rather than the than assuming the other gets it. And number five, consider whether deeper issues are underlying your conflict. I circled that one, and really I could tie that circle back up to parents, but I'm going to just turn the page. Unless you got any thoughts about it. I'm good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and then there was one, uh, I think our last page, no, there's... Is the yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was ten steps for resolving conflict. And do you want to want to use our example? Yeah, we'll do that. Okay, we'll talk about this. This might be the last like big chunk we talk about. Um, 
He says that because I got under a blanket and I'm starting to get cozy. <laughs> <laughs> so number one, set a time and place for discussion. Number two, define the problem. And so this this one here had a lot of fields that we could fill out. We're supposed to pick a conflict area and sort of just apply this to it, um, even if it wasn't like currently a, a huge issue. And so we we got into we used one that is a a recurring issue and that of discussion. So define the problem, discussions. List the ways you contribute to the problem. And so there's um a way for partner one that they contribute and a way that partner two contributes. Oh we haven't gone through this yet together. No we haven't. So oh, this will be fine. <laughs> so partner I'm partner one because okay. we're using my book. Um so the way I contribute to the problem is I'm too harsh and maybe not kind. Um, that's, that's what I wrote. Um, I know, okay, there's a lot more that I wrote for your side, but I think that me not being, me being harsh or not always like loving and soft or whatever carries a lot of weight. So don't feel like I just put a whole bunch of stuff on you, okay? It's okay, because I'm going to open my book and that way you can hear my perspective too. <laughs> okay. Um, partner two, not willing to talk about important things, sensitive and... What does it say? Um, apprehension and preemptive stress. Um, because I think sometimes it's like, it almost doesn't matter what we're talking about, but the fact that we're talking about it can, like, you're already on edge. Yeah, talking about it can sometimes be real rough. And I, I know how that sounds, but it's just one of those, um, tone is very serious. <laughs> I tend to use, because I, I feel that I've learned over the years that emotions are dangerous as we discussed before and so in discussions about things i tend to be very cold in my words yeah. like not hurtful but just like monotone i don't get loud i don't get um like animated i just speak clearly and deliberately um and that is a different kind of intimidating or, or worrisome or whatever. So that, I think, is a part of that. Uh, when you combine that with my feelings of already, you know, lacking competency when I'm talking to you, the two combined just feel flat. Um, but as I mentioned, I know that's one of my areas of growth, so I'm working through it. Uh, but ways that you each contribute to the problem. For me, I said I get defensive and shut down. And I tend to bring something up and then drop it when you try to talk about it. And then for John here, ooh. Oh, yeah, there's a lot for me, huh? No. <laughs> I said you that he can be a little aggressive and he is relentless. Relentless. That's a real great word. Because while I, I think I'm pretty deliberate and calm, I don't stop. <laughs> Non-stop. <laughs> All right. Um, and then I said that he takes personal comments to heart about him and thinks that he's the problem. Well, I think I do bear some responsibility because no, I'm I relentless mean, like, and not kind. <laughs> but I don't know. I think that ultimately, like, it turns into a, you know, a comment about your personality and how things that you do are bad or not conducive to relationships with people or that kind of thing. I don't know. I know what you mean. Yeah. All right. So list past attempts to resolve the issue that were not success successful. Um, 
And oh, you want to write reviews? I just said pull out. Does it get follow ups? And that's that's something that I gotta work on. That's literally my first one. Pull out without follow up. I also wrote down shutdown cycle. Okay, what um, do you mean by that? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know if this. Let me let me think for a second. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I meant by that. Really, I don't know if it maybe has something to do with like the preemptive stress or like the the thought of me feeling like. No, because that maybe wouldn't even apply. Maybe I pull out, and then I start to bring it up, and then you start to talk, and then I shut you down. And maybe pull out that's again. it. That might be it. Okay, then 10 possible solutions to the problem. Um, so I I'm just said, um, sorry, respect the pull out. <laughs> respect the pull out. We okay. have our rules, and it's only me. Like, I just, I don't follow them, and that tends to be a problem. Okay. And so my possible solutions are um, have a set time, have set topics, um, pull out and follow up, um, support your statements, and only ask three questions. That was a thing we had tried for a little bit. Well, not really. It was a thing we said we would try, but then we didn't discuss things as much, so I didn't really get to practice it. But the idea was, because I can be relentless, um, only asking three questions instead of um, more questions that can feel like Picking apart. What is the word? Is that what you Pick normally say? Picking apart. Yeah. Picking apart or, or whatever. Or, or In reality, he stuff. just likes details. And so he's trying to get more details out. Or he's really interested with something that you said. And so he wants to flesh that out more. But because his tone can be kind of cold and deliberate, you feel like you're being kind of like under attack because it's going with that relentlessness. And it just makes you like cram up. And afraid of what you're going to say. Use I statements. That was the thing from... We didn't actually talk about it, but in the assertiveness part, that was one of their things. We had a big talk about yeah. this in our session. Uh, it was like, yes, use I statements. So why don't you try that? Why don't you try it? Okay. When you... Sorry, I'm getting more comfortable now. Well, not comfortable. I'm doing it in a better way so you guys can hear me. So when you... um, When we are having discussions... And you ask me several questions, and when I respond, there are more questions based off of that. I get defensive and feel like you are attacking me because I don't see a way out since you do tend to be relentless. And I can only imagine a continuous barrage of questions afterwards that make me feel like I'm talking myself into um, not submission, but... You are going to find ways to pick things that I've set apart. I think the things you say most frequently are, um, I think the things you say most frequently are that you feel like um, I'm going to either find holes in what you're saying or um, trap. trap you or put you in a corner or whatever, yeah. um, or use your words against you or something. Well, actually, you don't say that last one all that much. Um, you do do that, though. I mean... The only thing we have is words. And so if I can't use your words against you, whose can I use? <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, no, that was that was mostly in jest. But I do, and this is the thing I think gets a lot of practice or reinforcement outside of the two of us. In that, like, um, if I have standards for something, or, like, if I'm at work and there's, like, a thing or I expect people to do something... I can't really expect them or rely on them to do things the way I think they should or the way I've asked them to. 
Um, so really all I can do is like, they're like, well, I'm going to do this so I can hold them to what they have said. I can't hold them to what I have said. Um, and so like, that is a minor example of why that is a thing. I do believe I can't, I can't expect people to care about what I say, but I can sort of expect them to care about what they have said. So I have to I use their logic, not my own. Different context. Because I, I, I think holding someone accountable is important. And I think that's what you're talking about there. And that's what you do with me. But then when we're talking about these kind of conversations, it's like when you use it against us, it kind of, or mm. when you use it against me, it kind of feels like you're mocking me. Well, okay. So this is the other part. I added this right at the end when I, I mentioned using someone else's logic. Because I think some things should work away, right? Or like, if we're talking about something, I might think something about it. Um, or I think this follows, this follows this, or this is how this makes sense. But you don't see that, right? And so the only logic, I can't use my logic. I expect you to understand and follow my logic. Um, and sometimes I can't convince you of my logic, but if you have demonstrated some logical process of thought, and then I'm like, well, you said this, but then you said this, how does this new thing you said fit with the logic chain that you've already established. And you don't like when I do that. This also, like, since the cold tone is cold, it's like when we're talking and having this back and forth, it's not this, it's like warm and like fun thing. And that's something that we talked about that mean, mm-hmm. needing to do a better job expressing when I'm starting to feel, you know, kind of like I am getting shut down or saying like, hey, your tone is going to be filled this way. Like, can we, can we change how we're talking about this? And that's, there's times where I have, and we have done that. It's just like I, there's like an immediate shift that made me feel more comfortable and, you know, continually going on. So I just, I personally, Nicole, don't do that enough. And instead I just pull out and then never come back to it. Um, and so we have to agree on what solution to try. I'm going to still do the three questions thing, although we haven't. Really had time for me to try. I'm gonna still do that me personally, no, but I think I the one like we're gonna decide on is the follow-up. We'll, we'll try it out. We'll see. But I think the one that we are going to jointly do is the follow-up. And one thing we talked about, um, like when we were talking about just general like conflict and stuff, was uh, and realizing that we don't follow up that much, um, even though we decided that the person who pulls out has to follow up, that I should still like. If there's a thing I want to talk about, yeah. I can still bring it up and remind you of it, even though, even if, like, it's a case where you should be following up. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because, like I said, I'm always usually the one who pulls out. And so once I'm out of it and time has passed, usually it's something that John brings up and so I'm not thinking about it anymore. Like, I'm not going to think the next day about, oh, I should revisit that conversation about artificial intelligence. It's just, it's out of, it's out of mind. And so instead of letting John feels like it's not important, I don't want to talk about it or letting it foster, I told him I would much rather him bring it up than feel those things. Because usually for me, it's just, I have forgotten by then. So I don't know if you would want to include those in our, our nightly check-ins or... Oof. Maybe having a set time would be good. I think that's something we can we can work on. We can try it out potentially. Um, though sometimes I do feel like, like say we have some sort of discussion in the afternoon, like we're hanging on the weekend or something. We have a discussion in the afternoon, and then we have our like check in. 
I don't know if that's always been enough time for you, or like if you're now in the mood for that, or if you're more in the mood for sleep or something else. Or that's, fair. that's fair. That's fair. Because sometimes with our check-ins, it's also good things are being shared. So not having the thing not made us pull out, which means brought some kind of emotion or whatever was there. Oh, I got it. That's I got it. Me. What if that could be a way you could help me? That could be my answer to that question. But okay, just, I saw the grimace on your face. Okay, I just said that maybe that right, wasn't. right. But you said like positive things are being said, right? Yeah. But there's a section. There are two questions there. Well, one question that is about the negative. So there's a space for it, right? I don't want to ruin my positive feelings with something that could not be so positive. But like that's already going to happen. If the second question is how are you dissatisfied? But you and I work together really well when we're talking about conflict in the context of our relationship, like how. I made you feel about X, Y, Z thing. And we, we talked through those amazingly. So that's very different. Okay. Like, I want to make sure that we're following up and having these things, but I just don't want it to come after things that have just left me feeling good about us. And I'm going into something that I'm already weary and anxious for. I do want to find out a I was just doing that one because you said end of the day. It's the end of the day thing. But we'll work it out, I suppose. Um, and then the agree on how you work toward the solution. I think that's just the how the, the solution we're going to try. So follow up. And so you will try to follow up more. Yes. And I will present things I want to be followed up on. But I will also try to have the, the warm thing conversation that I have in other times for these conversations. And I will do a better job of voicing how I'm feeling during those conversations. And so that way we can adjust how we're talking about things as necessary. There's one good one here at the end. It's just reward each other for progress. If you notice your partner making a positive contribution towards a solution, praise his or her effort. I think we can do that too. I feel like we already do that. Yeah, but we can do You do a more. very good job about praising my general growth in areas. Like when you're first talking about your wish list. There's a lot of, I've noticed all of the great things you've done here. Here's an example of that. I'm just saying, you know, and I, I, I'm i looking forward to seeing, like, how you continue to grow in that area. Or something that doesn't sound like as smart as that last time <laughs> did, but you definitely acknowledged all of the strides that I had made, not made me feel very good instead of feeling that kind of incompetency. Um, and then our last thing, really, I think, well, there was, there was a, a last couple pages on forgiveness. So we hit those, but real quick, it was how to take a time out, which I thought was funny because this is, this is a thing we try to do with the whole pullout thing. And it was recognize your need for time out, request a time out, relax and calm down. And I wrote in here, laugh, because sometimes I'm not always successful with this. And sometimes I don't think, you know, I'm trying to do it. I try to be funny. I try to make you like laugh to disarm you. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you're oblivious. But I think that's a good place for it. Um, remember what's important and then resume the conversation. I circled that one because that's yeah. where we sort of fail in this chain. Yeah. And then the last bit was forgiveness. You want to read the six steps for forgiveness and the six steps for granting forgiveness? All right. So seeking forgiveness. One, admit what you did was wrong or hurtful. <laughs> it was powerful. Two, try to understand and empathize with the pain that you have caused your partner. Three, take responsibility for your actions and make restitution if necessary. Four, assure your partner you will not do it again. 
Five, apologize and ask for forgiveness. Six, forgive yourself. Do you have any major thoughts in those six steps? Um, two thoughts. One, I like the forgive yourself bit. Um, I, I think. feel like that. Well, there it is. And then also, I thought it was interesting because we were reading that other book um, that, that was talking about the different kinds of forgiveness or the different ways people want forgiveness or receive forgiveness or show forgiveness. And I think this covers a few of them in yeah, that they're I just, agree. they're chain. There's the admitting what you did was wrong. So like acknowledging your fault. Um, the uh, the reparations, restitutions aspect was another one. Then there's also making plans for the future was a part of this chain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, well, it was another one. Just apologizing and saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. And the empathizing, I think that was one. Yeah. Like, just like the understanding the emotion, the feeling, and the hurt. Um, Each like, of these first fives are one. Yeah, so actually. they just, they kind of have yeah, it all yeah. in one thing. Um, but, um, so one of the things, so the author who wrote the Love Languages book. His name Chapman or something? I don't know. Gary, I know. That's the white man's name, right? Gary. <laughs> I'll look um, it up while you talk. That's <laughs> the white man's name. That's the white man's name. Um, but yeah, so it's very interesting. It's just like how everyone has uh, both the love language that they most feel loved um, with and that the love, uh, how they convey it to their partner, right? And so there's also that with forgiveness. And so he has a book about the, I think it's five, five languages for forgiveness. And so if you haven't checked it out yet or heard of it, I know I hadn't, but reading through that with John was, very, very helpful because I knew how to navigate a conversation with him in a way that he would feel most appreciated um, and respected. Yeah, Gary Chapman. Knowing. Gary Chapman. Uh, yeah, so I was the, able to do right by him. The the one of the, the book I think you're referencing uh, was the things I wish I knew before we were married, and that both references the love languages thing and the the um, forgiveness thing and, and whatever. I think sort of the thing I, I find important or good about those the languages concepts is the idea, not necessarily that there's only five or whatever, but like being intentional in knowing how you show and what you want when you receive love and also how you attempt forgiveness and how you want to receive forgiveness or what you want to hear when someone has wronged you i think i really like the underlying idea that's like there are ways that we act and there are ways that we want to be acted upon and learning what those are and being able to communicate that with your partner to be able to say like in this sort of situation this is the thing i want or this is the thing i need and knowing what that is for them as well and being able to provide in those areas i think is the best bit about those books no, this man's so articulate. I feel like you're just trying. You just said what I tried to say it in so much more of a masterful, beautiful way. Anyway, sort of the right. six steps. So for six steps for granting forgiveness. One, acknowledge your pain and anger, and allow yourself to feel disrespected. I sometimes think you don't allow yourself to feel that pain and anger. You feel like you just got to get over it. I think there's different parts to that. I think. Um, definitely growing up I can remember thinking of like sometimes I'm feeling something and I'm like I need to just let this feeling run its course like I need to like feel it for a time and then like it will have acted on me and then I will continue um, but not like put it away not like hide it or whatever 
just like really feel that thing. But I think more and more as I've grown up, I've felt like letting my feelings run their course is not beneficial. Um, like, so for example, like there's times when like we have an argument or something, and I'm upset. Like now that there was a day we had some argument, like we were walking the dogs, and I came back inside, and I think we were both upset, and I was like, I was stuck in my feelings, and that was a time where I was like, I felt my feelings not, like I couldn't get control of them, um, and I wanted to be done with them. I wanted to, like, not necessarily be done with them, but be able to at least reach out to you and connect to you, um, and, but, like, I couldn't. And so, but, like, you were able to come and connect, maybe just give me a hug and, that, like, started us moving in the right direction. And, I don't know, I feel like that's an instance where I need to, like, because of things like that, I need to not have these emotions that shut me down or whatever, like, allow myself to be hurt and be disrespected. No, because the longer I do that is, like, more time that I'm not, like, reaching out to you and connecting and connecting with you and fixing things or whatever. And so I think that sort of stuff is why I feel like you're right. I don't always, what is it, allow myself that time to have those things because I feel like it's an obstacle. I mean, uh, but there's sometimes that I have done stuff that's frustrating to you and those feelings are completely saying, justified. I'm not saying that I'm 100% a healthy, perfect person right now. I'm not saying, like, I do these things and I think they're good. I'm just, no, saying, I'm just saying this is a thing that happens and it is true. Yeah, I feel like your emotions are justified. I feel everyone's emotions are justified about in a situation. You can never tell someone that their feelings, like their emotions, are wrong. And you feel how you feel at that moment in time. And so I... I find it so difficult to stay upset or annoyed or angry with John. It's, it's really difficult. Like, I don't do it well. He and I can have a huge argument, but, like, half an hour later, I'm just kind of like, I would much rather be with you right now and connecting with you rather than feeling these emotions. Um, just be, it's, it's so hard to stay upset with him. Um, and so there's times where it is taking me longer, though, you come over and give me this huge hug just to let me know that it's going to be okay or just, you know, for you to start that process. So I think that it's definitely we're both putting in 100% there. There's not one person who necessarily does it more than the other. But that's, that's the thing right there. Like, you talking about that, that's a time where I've succeeded in, like, managing my emotions or whatever. Or that's the time where we're at the beach and we had this pretty significant argument. I think it was, like, our first real argument and we were going to the beach to hang out with some friends and we got there and for a while I was just like I'm not mm -mm, no there was we weren't talking for a bit even we all had like 20 minutes later I was trying to crack jokes John was not having it at all and so like um and then like she was in the the ocean or whatever fooling around and she she was having a moment or something, and I was sitting there thinking, like, I need to, even if I can't, like, completely be done with these emotions, I need to, like, at least connect and whatever. And I went over, and I had to talk to you, and I was like, I'm still feeling some things, but I 
choosing to love you right now is yeah. what he said to me. And and so like that was a start to fixing things and like that or like what you were talking about times when I move first like you like that that's better and so I should do that all the time and I should not have these emotions. No, but I don't mind being the first one to take that step. Like I don't know. I think I'm not saying you mind. I'm just saying anytime where I can control my emotions and I can reconnect, you like that. And that is good. I think it's positive. So I should do that all the time. Oh my goodness. So you're here for fun. me, guys. You don't need emotion. No. Oh no. my heavens. Let's okay. get back to that part where I said I'm not correct. Okay? <laughs> Be specific about your future expectations and limits. Three, give up your right to get even. That's a good one. But it's insist one. on being treated better in the future. I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Four, I let go of blame, resentment, and negativity towards your partner. Five, communicate your act of forgiveness to your partner. And six, work toward reconciliation when safe. Cool, cool. I feel like three is not something that we struggle with. The resentment or like not get even? Giving up your right to get even and insist on being treated better in the future. But I like it. It is good. I kind of wish we had more of a problem with that so we could like anyway, I, fix it. So I do want to say just because I think it's, I don't know, maybe we were living in La La Land when you were first going through it. But John well, no, and we, I. We didn't, we didn't get here. Well, we I meant missed. this whole section. Oh, okay. But John and I, I don't know if this was part of the recording when we were talking earlier, but John and I are generally like very in sync with things and very in tune with the two of us. We pretty much like have each other down pat. And so. When we were going through this, trying to figure out conflict, we were just like, we had difficulty thinking of both the wish list of what we would want to do to make our relationship better. That took a solid bit. And I think it took until we actually went and sat down in the small group and started discussions for us to start writing stuff. Maybe we got... Yeah, mine was written before we got there. But, okay, well. but it did, <laughs> even though I did have stuff written down, it did take me a bit. I actually was like going to just like do more of the book and then come back and write it down. Um, cause it was, it wasn't a thing right on the top of my mind. And then like when we were talking and the thing about the, you know, actively working on a conflict that's happening right now and how to work through it, we had a really difficult time figuring out what was a conflict that we could put here just because like the conflicts that we have, we settle right then and there for the most part. Or maybe we have these like periods of like, you know, people are in their feelings, but we come back together very easily. And so, just working through this book, and specifically in those two areas, it just made me kind of, like, underscore how strong our relationship was. Because the things that we already knew were issues were not new. They're things that we're actively working on in a way that the other partner feels good about. Cool stuff. Um, Got any final comments, John? Man, we got enough comments on this one. I think we should get to our, our wedding plan update. And then we be out of this thing. All right. I'm so pull out of this podcast. <laughs> Where um, are we with wedding planning? You discovered something about the envelopes. Oh my goodness! Yes, the address on our envelopes is wrong. <laughs> I got my address, like the numbers of my address. One of the letters got left out, or one of the numbers got it left out. So what? it's five five six instead of what it should be. <laughs> And then I put the wrong zip code. What's going on? <laughs> you guys, I worked so hard. You were so too stressed. Hard. You were too stressed. I worked night. so hard on these. You don't even understand our 
our tickets were super cute, or not our tickets, but our invitations were boarding passes, and they were super cute. They came out awesome. I worked so hard on creating envelopes because I did everything myself, including printing. But I the helped. printer, sorry, I, I, just meant, I just put the design. I just put okay. the design. Um, and so I started printing, and I mentioned last week how John saved me, and I had a meltdown when it came to the execution um, of printing and cutting an envelope and all that deal. But um, yeah, and so I don't know how it happened, but I if think anyone you were just ships, too stressed. You were just I was like, very stressed, fully stressed. But if anyone tries to ship things to the address that was on our envelopes, they ain't getting to us. So, well, then it'll go back to the person, and they'll be like, "Oh, what happened?" So anyway, so that's where we are with the wedding planning. We cut a couple people from our wedding, not because we don't like them, just because they're not gonna come. Um, And we may have shuffled some new people on. We'll see. I don't know, Um, but I don't know. I don't think too much has changed on this front, right? Like. So got to figure out that whole registry thing, but um, that's one thing, thing that yeah. So we're currently talking about, which I guess we decided yes on, um, having a wedding registry. Uh, since we're having a destination wedding and people were going to have to pay for plane tickets, I was afraid that putting a registry on our wedding website would look tacky because it's us asking for an additional gift um, on top of all of that. But my thought is that we're giving them the option to get us gifts. They don't have to, but I don't know. There's too many people on some sides of this, these two families where I feel like they get like, if they see a thing, they feel obligated. And so then they feel like we're making them do something. So I don't know if that's playing into it for you, but I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Tell them they can buy us stuff. Right? I think <laughs> that the option being there is fine. Um, and then what was the other thing we had? The envelope fiasco that I realized this morning. The um, the wedding registry and there's some other thing. I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out. Oh, the topic of bridesmaids gifts. Oh. Because yes, I know that brides traditionally give gifts. Um, so my perspective was we are paying for their dresses, they're paying for their food, we are paying for their accommodations. <laughs> How much more do I need to pay for? <laughs> I don't know, man. I What I said, I think if they're not throwing you a party, you don't need to buy them gifts. I don't know how come they get dresses, but we not buying these men those suits, but whatever. That's, that's we're going to have that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's it. I think that's sort of where we are. Um, and we, we're, whoa, what was that? Someone's outside. Watch out. <laughs> No, but I think we're going to pull out and we will catch y'all next time. Bye, y'all.